Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Saturday, September 11th, 2021, and this is day 1282 of our journey together. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and praise you and glorify you. There is none like you. I thank you so much, my Lord, for just being uh, with us, for uh, protecting us and keeping us safe from all uh, hurt, harm, and danger. Thank you, Lord, for giving us your breath of life so that we can go forth and fulfill the purpose you've given us for today. I ask, my Lord, that you will comfort the brokenhearted and heal the sick and bless those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is so good to be home. We made it back home last night from our week-long little road trip and vacation, hanging out with our kiddos. It was a wonderful time and uh, happy to be back home and (laughs) in my own space to do the podcast. Uh, so thank you all so much for your prayers. Today we're gonna, the title is One Bad Apple. Uh, and you've heard the saying, one bad apple can spoil the whole batch, right? Have you ever bought a bag of potatoes and there's like one rotten potato in there, but the whole bag stinks so bad? Oh my gosh. And then you open it up and, and, and you find that one bad one and you see that it's attached to some others and gotten them. Yeah. So you know the story. All right. So one bad apple can ruin the whole bunch. So let's just look at what the Lord teaches us today out of Joshua chapter 7, starting at verse 1. This is about um, the sin of one man that brought down uh, or could have brought down a whole nation uh, of Israel. Uh, So let's go ahead and start with Joshua chapter 7, verse 1. And it says, but the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. Um, And these are things that God had set apart and said, don't touch these things. Don't bring back these things. Uh, All right. So So those are the devoted things. So Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zarah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel because Achan, this is because of Achan, what he did. So God's fury was against everyone. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon to the east of Bethel and told them, go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. So Ai is another town that they were looking to overtake. So they go out to check it out first to see, you know, what their military is like, what is set up, what their setup is. So verse three, when they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the army will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it and and do not weary or don't worry uh, the whole the whole army for only a few people live there. So about three thousand men went up 
but they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. They were afraid. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. So when he fell down, he, he when he tore his clothes, he was in deep mourning, deep distress, like wondering, God, you told me you will be with me. You'll never forsake me. Now, Lord, what is going on? You know, this little group of people that you told us to go and overtake, we didn't even win this. And, and, and what is going on? So he is in distress. And the elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. He's saying, Lord, you brought us out of Egypt and, and you promised you would, you know, watch over us. And, and now it's even worse here than it was where we when we were in Egypt, basically. Pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say now that Israel has been routed by his enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? The Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. You don't want to go against the covenant of God. Whatever that is, God has uh, said not to do. All right. Uh, it, it's like certain principles that God has in place. If you uh, like the principles of gravity. You know, if you decide, you know what, I'm going to leap off this building. Well, the principle of gravity is that you're going to fall down and you are going to uh, either hurt yourself very badly or kill yourself. So those are things that are in place uh, that that are naturally going to happen. Principles of God. And, and so these people went against God's covenant. They lied and they stole from God. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. So when we sin against God, uh, we make ourselves liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Go concentrate. This is God still speaking to Joshua. Okay, He's saying, go consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For what, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There are devoted things among you, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. So they needed to make themselves clean. Consecrate the, yourselves meant that the Israelites were to undergo purification rites like those mentioned um in a previous chapter, uh, when they were preparing to cross the Jordan River. Okay, so this is a purification before going before God. Verse 14, in the morning, present yourselves tribe by tribe. The tribe the Lord chooses shall 
come forward clan by clan. The clan the Lord chooses shall come forward family by family, and the family the Lord chooses shall come forward man by man. So you notice how he's dwindling it down. So they're coming by the whole tribe of that community, then by clan, these are all my relatives, and then by family, this is my immediate family, and then by one person by one person. Whoever is caught with the devoted things shall be destroyed by fire along with all that belongs to him. He has violated the covenant of the Lord and has done an outrageous thing in Israel. Early the next morning, Joshua had Israel come forward by tribes and uh, Judah was chosen. The clans of Judah came forward and the Zarephites were chosen. So these are the different names of the tribes, okay? He had the clan of the Zarephites come forward by families, and Zimri was chosen. Joshua had his family come forward man by man, and Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was chosen. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and honor him. Tell me, what have you done? Do not hide it from me. Achan replied, it is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I have done. When I saw the plunder, a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, I, com I, I coveted them and took them. So he looked at them and he desired them and he took them and he went against what God said. He was disobedient to God. He said, I took them. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers. They ran to the tent and there it was hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. They took the things from the tent, brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites spread them out before the Lord. Then Joshua, together with all Israel, took Achan, son of Zarah, the silver, the robe, the gold bar, his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys, and sheep, his tent, and all that he had to the valley of Achar. Joshua said, Why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. Then all Israel stoned him. And after they had stoned the rest, they burned them. Over Achan, the heap, they heaped up a large pile of rocks, which remains to this day. Then the Lord turned his fierce anger. Therefore, that place has been called the Valley of Achor ever since. And it goes on to say they went back to fight. Uh, AI and they won uh, because they were obedient to God. Uh, I don't know if we realize how seriously important it is to obey God and to do his will uh, and understanding that God does not look upon sin in favor. God, when when Jesus hung up on the on the cross, which was God's only begotten Son, who He sent to 
uh, deliver us from evil to be the sacrifice, the final sacrifice. That's how much God loves us, that he gave his only begotten son so that we can have eternal life with him. And he, he sent him here to die and to take on the sin of the whole world, every sin that would have been committed, every sin that was committed. And he, being sinless himself, who had never sinned, hung upon that cross as that sacrificial lamb, the final sacrificial lamb. That's what the people had to do. Uh, they had to sacrifice a lamb uh, for their sins or uh, a pure animal without blemish or without wrinkle or anything. Uh, Jesus was that final sacrifice. And when he hung up on that cross, the main thing that, that hurt Jesus so much was that he would be separated from the Father for that brief moment because he had never been separated from God. And and here he would be separated from God because God could not look upon sin while he hung upon that cross, taking on our sins. And then he said to the Father, it is finished. And he hung his head, he gave up his spirit and died. And then he was buried and then he rose up from that grave. And he was victorious over death, over hell, and over the grave. And then he we he reconciled us back to the Father. He brought us back to the Father. He was the one uh, that paid the price so that we could go to the Father again, you know, because of the sin that had taken place in the world through Adam and Eve being disobedient to God. And now we're reconciled back to God. And God is saying, the key is going through his son, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness. Point number one, do you ever wonder why am I going through this or or that? It seems like nothing's going right. What has the Lord brought to your attention that you need to change or leave alone? You need to take it very seriously because God does. God will destroy sin. So if God is saying, you need to stop living in this sinful situation, maybe you're with somebody and you've been with them for years, but you don't want to get married. Well, that's one of God's commandments that that is a uh, sacred to God that, um, you know, when we're with someone, we are to be married to them. If that is who God would have you to be with and this is who you want to be with. Don't think that you're going to be blessed uh, by God uh, to the fullest of the that you could be blessed if you're disobeying him. Listen, my husband and I lived together for a year before we got married. We shacked. That's what they call it, right? We were shacking. Uh, and we didn't know the Lord. Like I said before, neither of us um, were saved at that time. My husband went to church. I was unchurched. He had went to church as a kid. I never went really every now and then and didn't know what for, uh, didn't know about Jesus and as my savior. Uh, and I remember one morning we just got up and said, let's get married and uh, didn't realize that it's a covenant between me, my husband and God, you know, that that is a very precious thing. And, uh, but yeah, we need to recognize what is it, uh, that you're, you have that God is saying, uh, I, I can't bless this. God doesn't bless our mess. All right. Don't think he will. Uh, I remember we would play with a Ouija board, which is of Satan, you know, uh, when we were kids and we didn't know any better and we're playing with it. And all of a sudden we're in fear all the time. 
And, you know, we got rid of it. <laughs> there were things in my house that God said after I came to know him, get rid of this, get rid of that. These are things that were uh, taken uh, wrong, like uh, bootleg movies. These are things, <laughs> get rid of it. You might think, oh, that's no big deal, but it is a big deal to God. And it should be to us if it is to our father. So God showed me some of the things that I needed to get rid of, you know, and that did not line up with his will. I threw them out because I was missing out on the fullness of my blessings. Point number two, not only did Achan's sin destroy him, but it destroyed his whole family. This is what we don't always understand. Our sin, what we're doing wrong, affects others. And then, well, the next thing you know, we'll see our children acting out and wonder why. Well, they're taking on the same behavior as us, or we're reaping through them. We may not understand why is my kid acting like this? Well, maybe it's something that you did uh, that you need to get straight. You know, a lot of times we think it's them, but but they've seen us do these very things. Why are you cussing? Well, you just cussed at me. This is the language that I know to speak. Point number three, if you still have breath in your body, there is hope. You need to make the change today. This is not a toy to play around with. This is a serious situation. God is saying, I want to bless you to the utmost. I love you. But you have blocked me because you have put these things or this person above me. You are worshiping money. There's nothing wrong with having money. Uh, it is the worshiping, the love of money that is the root of all evil. But having money, God knows we need money. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy and having things, but don't let the things have you. Don't become um, uh, dependent upon those things. We we depend on God. Uh, yeah, I'll never forget running into a lady when I went to this um, jazz concert uh, years ago. We would go down to... Of the gym theater and um during intermission i would you know stay in there and just sit and while my husband would go out to the restroom and chat whatever he was doing and uh people uh, would go into the lobby well i stayed and i was sitting next to a woman we started chatting and she started telling me about how she feels so free now she said uh I was in, you know, basically, I'm I'm just paraphrasing. I, I was in bondage, basically, she was saying. She said her grown children uh, would not leave her house. And they were bringing chaos. They were bringing evil. They were stealing. They were doing wrong. They were, they were lazy. She said they wouldn't work and they wouldn't contribute. They wouldn't take out trash. She said, and they're grown and they were bringing their own kids, my grandkids. She said, I love my kids and I love my grandchildren. But she said, I'm not going to let them just take over and run run things in my house. And they would not do what she asked them to do. So you know what she did? She left. <laughs> she said, I couldn't live like that anymore. And she got her another place, an apartment, and left them to do whatever they needed to do, whatever they wanted to do, because they were really leaning on her. She was the one bringing in the income and they were draining her. Um, listen, God is saying, you are missing out on your true abundance, on your freedom in him because there is sin in your household or in your camp and in your household is in us. We are the temple of, of God. Okay, understand that. So whatever does not line up with his will, 
We need to get it together and ask God. Listen, I've had to do it many times and say, Lord, show me what it is. You know, if we're not paying our tithes, the Bible says, if we don't pay our tithes, it's called robbing God. And it's like you have holes in your pocket. You might wonder, why am I not ever uh, financially ahead? Okay, check yourself. Am I paying my tithes? That one thing can make the biggest difference. It's not, uh, God doesn't need our money, but the money is is part of uh, building the kingdom of God. It's to help keep the lights and gas and all that on in the churches to help to supply an income to the pastor or or the staff on that team uh, to do outreach with us. What we get in our church, we do outreach with it. We make sure people have food. We make sure that people have what they need. Uh, it, It is a blessing of God. You deserve every blessing that God has for you. Now, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, that would be the first step, accepting him as Savior and Lord of your life. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May be gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and your email address. All right, Mighty Warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.